0: if you're an author or plan to be one get excited because this podcast is for you book marketing mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book if you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens then grab a coffee or tea and
1: listen to your host international best-selling author
0: susan friedman
1: welcome to book marketing mentors the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a copywriting expert. Amy Mertz is a creative director and copywriter at IFC Studios in Cedar Falls, Iowa, focusing mainly on digital marketing. Before moving to Iowa three years ago, she worked in news writing, marketing, and music administrations at Syracuse University in New York, one of my favorite places. <laughs> Recently, she became a Story brand certified guide and is itching to put that learning into practice. When not in the office, she can be found chasing her active toddler around the living room while trying not to spill her coffee. Amy and I recently connected during our Story Brand Guide certification. So, my new friend and colleague, Amy, what an absolute pleasure it is to welcome you to the show. And thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor.
0: Thank you so much, Susan. It's great to be on your podcast.
1: Well, it's great to have you. And we're going to pick your brains about social media, digital marketing. That's Mm -hmm. something that we all need to know more about. And to me, it personally seems a bit like a blessing and a curse for everybody or all our authors, let's say, who want to be seen and heard out there. It's probably one of my weakest areas of expertise. (laughs) (laughs) I get this question a lot, Amy, and I want to pass it over to you and want to know how you would answer it, that if a published author comes to you and says they want to make their book visible on social media, but which is the best channel for them to use?
0: You're totally right, Susan. It is a bit of a blessing and a curse. It is very easy to get information out there, but because it's so easy to get information out there, everybody's doing it. (laughs) It can be hard to sift through the weeds. The other reason that it can be tough is because social media changes very, very quickly. There are new platforms popping up. There are some that are going away. There are platforms that we're used to that change the way that they're formatting things or or organizing their platforms. So it can be uh, difficult. But that is actually the biggest thing, the biggest piece of advice I can really give to newly published authors is to not just immediately say, well, I've got to get the word out. I'll just go on every single platform and I'll just get everything out there on every single platform and see what happens. It really does help to find your audience on those platforms. You had Chris Ducker on a couple of weeks ago and he recommended that you find your perfect customers or readers or you know whatever it may be. And that's exactly step one. But then you have to actually find what social media channel they're on so that you can really talk to them. And Facebook is always a good start for everyone. 69% of the people who are on any kind of social media platform are on Facebook. It's a pretty even split between men and women. The average age range is very large at 18 to 64 years old. And it's the first platform that most brands engage with. So it's a really good start if you have no idea what to do. But then beyond that, you really do have to start looking at the stats. For example, on Instagram, it's uh, mostly women. It's mostly 18 to 49 years old. Photo is a must. So if you are not interested in doing a lot of photo work, then maybe Instagram's not for you. If you've published a more sort of business-minded book, You might want to find your people on LinkedIn, which is a more business-centered platform. So there are a lot of rules and things like that for where should I start. It really depends on who your ideal audience is. You match that to what platform they might be on, and you're starting in the right direction.
1: That's incredible information, and I love the statistics because that's really helpful for instance, I didn't know that the age range for Instagram was 18 to 49. And I thought it was younger, actually. That's good to know.
0: Well, uh, all those younger kids are growing up. <laughs> well,
1: and they're still staying on Instagram. They're so that's
0: there, yeah.
1: that's an interesting piece of information. Based on what you're saying, this idea of changing quickly, that also means that you have to be very nimble in what you're doing and sort of stay in contact and know what's going on. How is the best way to even find out what's happening all the time in social media if it's changing so quickly?
0: Two of the places that I kind of look at is well, number one, I'm always looking at the Pew Research Center to see if they have any updated information on social media, that's a go-to place for me. Sprout Social also does a lot of good uh, gathering of statistics. They are a social media management organization, and you can actually use them if you want to, to help manage if you're on multiple platforms or something like that. So they have a lot of statistics because they are hosting so many social media management individuals, so they get a lot of information.
1: Now, are those services from Pew Research or Sprout Social, are they paid services or are they ones that we can at least get some free data?
0: Yes, Pew Research Center is going to be 100% free. Sprout Social, they do a lot of blog posts and things like that with a lot, a lot of free information. If you end up engaging with their services, then they will give you a lot, a lot of information about your own Social media activity, but you can get lots of broad free information from their website.
1: Standing out from the crowd. I mean, if you say that 69% of people are on Facebook, what do I need to do to stand out to get noticed?
0: One of the absolute best things that you can do is be consistent. It doesn't matter if you have just one post. A day, maybe three times a week, say every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Facebook is going to reward your consistency over your most creative post. <laughs> so that's a really good way. Don't wait until you have this great book video launch to put that up there. Put something there on Monday, put something there on Wednesday. And then when you have that thing ready on Friday, you can post that on Friday, whatever it might be, whatever the schedule works for you. But consistency, the way that Facebook and Instagram in particular build everything is through rewarding consistency.
1: That's interesting because personally, I'm a little fearful of posting too often. I was going to ask you about the guidelines. In fact, the number of times you should be posting, is there like an optimum number of times? Is there a particular day of the week? Is there a particular time of the day that works best? There
0: absolutely is. It's a little bit different for each platform. I'm not going to go into every single one of that I think you'll probably bore all your all your listeners if I just rattle out every single thing for every single platform but in general Facebook Instagram and LinkedIn no more than 1 to 2 times a day 2 is the absolute max that you should be posting on Facebook Instagram or LinkedIn Pinterest and Twitter are much higher between 3 and 30 pins a day for Pinterest but they recommend 11 And Twitter, between three and 15 times a day, you could probably even tweet some more than that. But 15 is the optimal number of tweets a day. This can also kind of feed into that first question you had about where should I be? You absolutely should find your audience. But if you do not think you can keep up with 15 tweets a day, then maybe Twitter's not your best platform.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's certainly not mine, because if I'm fearful of posting a few times a week, then posting like up to 30 times a day, that just sort of scares the EBGBs out of me.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> Other than posting about my book, what else can our authors actually post about?
0: This is a great question because you definitely don't just want to hammer home, sale, 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 buy my book, buy my book. People really expect more from their brands now. And as an author, you're now a brand. People expect either helpful tips. Education is a big thing. Just giving some authority around whatever the topic of your book was. That's a great idea. People also really like personal stories. They like to sort of see the behind the scenes of people's lives if you're willing to share them. They also just the face in general, just making sure that your face appears on social media. There is a reason why there's a Tony the Tiger and a Geico Gecko and, you know, why uh, I think it's farmers has sort of a spokesperson. People really connect with faces. So it's really important if you are able and willing to try and get some of your face onto uh, social media as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because so many authors hide behind the book Mm -hmm. and yes, they'll easily put up an image of the book but not necessarily expose themselves on social media.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I know it's hard too. I mean, this is my business and I have a hard time doing it myself, but there really is a difference between people who are willing to put that personal side out, put their face out there, and the people who are just posting graphics and book covers and the occasional photo.
1: I know that we talked a little about algorithms prior to coming on the air here. Mm For me, that's probably one of the least understood elements of social media. And without going into, you know, a lot of detail about it, what is the least that we need to know and understand about algorithms?
0: Uh, Sure. Well, I think the very, very baseline thing to understand about algorithms is that they are always being, I'm going to use the word improved. (laughs) They're always being changed improved, I guess, is a relative term, and they are created to focus on something. So for example, when Facebook first came on, I just said the stat that you should only post one to two times a day. But when Facebook first came online and people started using it for marketing in particular, they used to reward lots and lots of posts. So if you posted all the time, the algorithm said, oh, yes, this account is posting lots of times. I'll show it to even more people. Well, that's not the case anymore. Now the algorithm wants to see quality content, things that people want to comment on, they want to react to, they want to share with their friends. So they don't care how many times you post really, as long as you're posting consistently, they want to see fewer posts, but they want to see more quality posts. The thing to know about the algorithm mainly is that it's always changing. You do have to kind of keep up on knowing what it's rewarding so that you can change your strategy accordingly. But I would say there was a big change in the fall. So you're you're safe for right now. <laughs> it's going to stay this way for a little while.
1: Is there usually sort of a timeline with algorithms when they change? Maybe every 3 months, every 6 months, once a year? What have you found?
0: There can be some tweaks a lot of times it's it's tweaks. So there was a big big change they changed a lot of things about Facebook and Instagram in the fall, but usually it's a little tweak here and there. The point of the algorithm, certainly at this point, is to be able to connect you directly with the audience that wants to hear about what you say. It sounds sometimes like this evil thing that's getting in everyone's way, or that it's, you know, you go on Google and you search for a pan, and then suddenly you're on Facebook and the pan shows up in an ad, and you think, oh, somebody's watching me. But actually, it's connecting you to the things that you want. And it's then in turn, as an author, connecting you as author and your book that you're selling to people who might want to buy it. It's all nefarious. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of the deal with the algorithm.
1: That's interesting because I know there's a name for it, but it always amazes me that you know I go on to Amazon or one of the other platforms and they give me an ad that is so apropos, something that I was looking for. I'm like, wow, that's amazing that they would do that. And I'm like, duh.
0: (laughs) They're trying to help.
1: (laughs) They are. They're trolling me. They're trolling me. What about advertising versus organic searches or posts on social media? And I'm thinking specifically about Facebook because I know that's a big one in terms of advertising. How does that play into what our authors are trying to achieve?
0: Yeah, so that is kind of the bad news. When when Facebook got wind that people were using their platform for advertising, things started to change a little bit and your posts from pages and groups your posts get less and less organic reach. I think the stat from the fall is something like you can reach about 3% of your audience and that's your audience. That's the people who are already liking and following your page through organic reach. So they don't even see necessarily all of your posts. So there is this incentive to buy ads. They do make it pretty easy You can run an ad that can be pretty inexpensive. Uh, There's lots of ways to do that. On Facebook in particular, if you run an ad that's directed at the friends of your friends, like the friends of the people who already like your page, that's usually a pretty inexpensive ad to run because those people are likely to engage with you because If their friend likes your book, then maybe they'll like your book. We tend to, you know, tribe up a little bit. So so that's usually a good place to start if you have no idea what to do about
1: ads. One of the things that I know that's really important is somehow to get your friends, your followers, your tribe from these various platforms to connect with your personal website or your book website, your business website, what recommendations would you have there? Because then, as you know, you can market to them once they're on your site, but it's far harder to do that from one of the social media sites. What recommendations?
0: I think setting up a mini sales funnel, essentially. So you create an ad, and or just a regular post on your own social media, whatever channel that is. I'm going to say Facebook right now. So you create something on Facebook that leads to some sort of information that people wouldn't be able to resist, like some sort of helpful downloadable PDF, or maybe it is a free, maybe you wrote some sort of a self-help book and if they go to this landing page, they can sign up for a free consultation with you or, or something like that to talk about the the topic that you wrote about. And in exchange for something that people might really, really want, they can give you their email address or you can pass them straight on to your website. Those are some good ways to go about that.
1: I know from our Story brand guide certification training that they said that getting an email address has like a maybe even a $10 value on it, that how important it is in terms of our marketing. Yes, listeners, look at ways in which you can direct people from your social media to your page so that you can market to them and have some way of capturing their email address. What about mistakes, Amy? I know our listeners love learning about mistakes. (laughs) What are some of those common mistakes that you see that people make on social media?
0: Well, just to sort of back up to that for just a second, the, the email question, a lot of people think that if they have a good following on social media, that that's enough. And it is not enough. If Facebook were to go down tomorrow and that's the main way that you interact with your audience, what are you going to do? How are you going to find them again? And that's why it's so important to try and get those emails. One of the big reasons why it's important to get an email from somebody because if all social media went away tomorrow, and you know, things can change strangely in ways we didn't expect. We've recently found that out. <laughs> you want to make sure that you have the email address because you own that. Facebook's never going to say, oh, you know what? You had X number of followers. Here's all of their information. That's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> so that's one mistake. Thinking that social media is the end all be all of communication. Only selling your book, it would be a mistake. If you only ever talk about your book, people don't want to be sold to 100% at the time. But also what I find is really interesting is a lot of people who are selling something personal like a book, they have a tendency to never talk about it. They kind of don't want to come across as braggy or something like that. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but make sure you do talk about the book. A good rule of thumb is every five posts you can sell. So like, Information, 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 sell something. <laughs> that would be a, a good rule of thumb if you don't know where to
1: start. That's a good one to know about because you're right. There's a tendency to want to sell. And if you don't sell, what should you do? And I also love the one with regard to Facebook, if it went away mm-hmm. or any of the social media platforms, or if they then demanded that we pay. To play, mm-hmm. um, and then that could be the same issue that all these wonderful thousands of people that you have following you, you don't have any contact with them, and you're going to start from scratch. That's brilliant advice. What else?
0: Yeah, so I've talked about a couple others, not being consistent. But the reason I think why most people wouldn't be consistent, and this is actually this is one of my personally, my big mistakes is not having a plan in place for content. Can I talk about a mistake that I made?
1: Please, we learn from our own mistakes, don't we, (laughs) all the time.
0: As you mentioned in the beginning, I used to work at Syracuse University. A lot of the time I spent at the Center School of Music. And when I was there, believe it or not, I was the one who started the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram accounts. It was that long ago. And Facebook and Twitter, we were really good at. We could come up with content and it wasn't really a problem. There were a lot of announcements and things that the internal audience of the Sentner students might want to know about. So that was no problem. But Instagram did become a problem because you need to have a photo And the point at that point was to show off all the cool concerts we were putting on, the classes, the different events you could do across campus. But I did not live on campus. (laughs) I lived in the suburbs. And so I couldn't be around taking all these photos all the time. I wasn't always around for every single. We put on, I don't know, like 300 concerts a year. What I should have done was come up with a list of students who were involved in the different things that you could do across campus and within the School of Music and made a plan with them about capturing that content, which I believe they're doing now. But I didn't do that. I was just like, oh, just do Instagram, whatever. (laughs) That's what I kind of told the student group. It didn't go well. I think we had a total of five posts for the year and a half that I was running the account. (laughs) So having a plan in place for getting your content, it's gonna save you a lot of headache. And it's, again, it's gonna sort of uh, reward you through the algorithm by being consistent poster.
1: And I think I heard this from somebody else, but I can't remember who, but maybe, you know, on a Monday you give a tip and on a Wednesday you do something else and on a Friday you say something about your book or so that you do that consistently not to have to think about, oh, what shall I do on Monday? You say, oh, Monday's tip day or Friday's selling day or something like that. Is that what you're talking about?
0: yes, that is a great way to think about it because you probably have lots of tips. You just wrote a book and you have the book so you can sell the book. (laughs) So you just kind of come up with that Wednesday content and you are good to go.
1: Yes, and you're absolutely right. I mean, a book is just chock full of tips. Yeah, People don't realize it, that you can make tips, you can make checklists from these tips. You can go on for many, many weeks filling, you know, the space with that. Amy, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and your services, how could they do that? Sure.
0: Well, I work for IFC Studios, which is a creative agency here in Cedar Falls. And you can find us on Instagram at IFC Studios. Facebook is the same at IFC Studios. If you want to learn a little bit more about my coffee obsession and my adorable toddler, I'm at Amy Mertz on Instagram. And also we did put together a little takeaway for every one of your listeners. If you want to go to www.ifcstudios.com slash BMM, we have a little download with a lot of the posting times, some of the demographic information, different image sizes, which can be a hassle. They change that a lot. Different image sizes you need for things like cover photos and Facebook posts versus Instagram posts, all kinds of cool social media information to help your listeners get started with their own social media
1: marketing. That's very generous. Our listeners love free stuff. (laughs) Hey, listeners. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go there if you don't, but I'm going to go there. That's wonderful, Amy. And thank you. And if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be?
0: It has to be that you found your ideal audience. You know who the book is targeted towards. Now, definitely go find them on social media. Make sure you're talking to the people you want to talk to, because if you're not talking to them, then everything else I said is
1: meaningless. Everything else is meaningless if you don't find the right target audience to talk to. What wisdom, Amy. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing so generously. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to
0: take action and finally build your book-selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit BookMarketingMentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit BookMarketingMentors.com. And we'll see you again next week.